0: episode 1239 of the sleeper in the bus it is friday december 15th i'm your host paul spore joined this morning by justin mason justin good morning
1: if you say so
0: if it's if you listen to this on the day it's released do your insurance if you are somebody that has to do insurance off of the obamacare thing Um, today's the day um, today's the day so get that in folks if
1: you're listening day of um, I'm I'm glad we give people like warnings like hey it's tax day hey it's we try to help figure insurance day we try to I
0: help mean, out and in fairness if if you are subscribed and all that they
1: send you a billion emails um is I it just, as many emails as Jim Barry sent my wife yesterday no no
0: <laughs> so I actually have a story about about that not Jim Barry but in a similar vein there I ordered something for Christmas can't really say what because i don't know how well jen can hear me mm-hmm. right now since i've ordered it 18 promotional emails from this place of like here's everything else we have here's a 10 percent discount use this today oh your 10 is about to expire did you like
1: this nothing about the order
0: 18 separate emails and i'm like you gotta be kidding
1: me man how many days has it been since you bought it two yeah my uh, my wife uh, didn't even order anything off of Jimboree. <laughs> she was um, she she was uh, uh, just looking at stuff and signed up because it was like thirty percent off if you mm-hmm. sign up for our mailing list today. That was at seven o'clock in the morning. At six of p.m. Uh, she had already received 11 emails and three text messages. <coughs> yeah, she messages. got me beat. She got me yeah, beat. Yeah, like, un- or she, she was like, I- I'm, unsub- I'm not buying anything from you now. It's no. just because you have harassed me.
0: That's disgusting. Like, that's seriously, absolutely harassment. It's mm-hmm. ridiculous. And, like, you know, sometimes there's some cool things that I've seen happen where... Um, I, I mess around with a cart somewhere and then I don't go for it. And then it has like an automated email hours later that says, Oh, you left something in your cart. Here's 20% off. And I'm like, by the way, that is a little scam you can run to try to get discounts online. But um, yeah, Jimboree and the place that I ordered from, disgusting. You cannot be sending that many emails. That's horseshit. And I ordered something, so get off my fucking back. Anyway, <laughs> we got lots to talk about. We don't have a ton of time. Uh, I mean, we got an, an hour plus, whatever, yeah. but, um, we're doing second base today, but just between yesterday and today, after we logged off, we did uh, yesterday afternoon. So this, we're not even talking like a full, um, you know, 24 hours here, three big moves we got to get into. So with those and our semi time limit here, probably going to just do a first half on second base. Cause we do go deep on these previews. Um, and then we'll do the rest on Monday, but let's get into it. It happened. Tower Glass now is, in fact, traded to the Dodgers, not with Randy or Rosarena, so everyone can kind of calm down on that one. He goes with Manny Margot for right-hander Ryan Pepio and Johnny DeLuca. Um, obviously, we were kind of waiting for this to, to happen. It seemed like it was imminent uh, pretty quickly in the discussion. Like I said, there was the Rosarena stuff floating around. That didn't come to fruition obviously they get a much lower in outfielder in marco nothing against him but more to say that rosario is obviously a stud let's talk glass now obviously he's the focus of this deal 120 innings last year was his career high justin like i can't get away from that and that's why i some of the hand wringing over over this move now if they go get yamamoto and trade for cease and everyone wants to complain about evil empire this evil empire that sure this move doesn't tip the scales like that for me. It's a good move. I love Tower Glass now on a per-inning basis. He's wonderful. But this is, to me, it's like a half-starter addition still. What do you think of Glass now with the Dodgers?
1: Um, I don't know that it's a real upgrade. Um, and I was going
0: to get into that, too, with Pep. Like, there's a world I, where they are not that far apart.
1: I really like Pepio, and uh, I... Well, yes, on a perning basis, like you mentioned, Glass now is probably a top five to ten starter in the league. Um, I mean you're probably gonna get more innings out of Pepio this year than you're gonna get out of Projections. Yeah.
0: Projections will will almost certainly suggest that, right? Like you mm-hmm. how high can you really put on Glass now?
1: You know, I don't know if projections will because projections are like I think this is why I like to do my own projections, because I think the playing time uh, and especially at bats, young and Yeah, like I, I just don't think they do a great job of uh of capturing what players uh are likely to do. Um, mm-hmm. you know, this was my argument against Blake Snell. Obviously, that one uh blew up in my face a little bit. But um, what did he do this past year? Oh, I think he, was, he was he was he was all right. He was these right. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean. Like yeah, like you mentioned, on a per basis, Glassnow is amazing. He now moves to from like one of the best teams in baseball to the best team in baseball, mm-hmm. Uh and so I mean it's a it's a little bit worse park to pitch in, but I think for the most part, in terms of Glassdown's value, it's probably fairly lateral. Um, I would think so. But here's the know.
0: thing. I don't think the market will treat it as such. No, no. I think the market's will,
1: insane on Glass now.
0: already, and it has been the last couple of years because everyone's trying to catch that lightning in a bottle. And you kind of did last year, since it was a career high innings. I guess you could feel like, oh, I got one twenty. Um,
1: yeah, but, but nobody who was drafting Glass now where he was going last year was hoping for one hundred and twenty. No, 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 no. You weren't absolutely not.
0: No, it, it was a loss to keep taking him that high and getting just one hundred and twenty. He's pick 46 right now the 13th pitcher scrape off the three closers and you're talking the 10th starter off the board. He's going to go up. He's going to go up on the Dodgers, I guarantee it. I think he's going to jump ahead of Kirby who's at pick 42 so then you're talking um inside the top 40 there. I love him. Like he, he is he's a dope dude. I love seeing him on, um, uh, he goes on Chris Rose's pod a bunch. Very insightful about the game. I love everything about him. I'm rooting for him. There's no world where I'm paying that for glass and I can't do it. And, you know, I say this as somebody who was actually paying the premium last year and I got burned again because it was only 120. And it's like, I know my whole thing about injuries is like, if all their skills are in line, I'll take the injury risk. That's usually when it's a little bit more of a reasonable price. When you're talking yeah. top 40, I need a bit more assurance on, on the health piece. And it's just not there for glass. Now I know the answer, but I'm going to ask a question anyway. Are you paying top 40 price for Tyler glass now?
1: No, no way. Not I even mean, close. I don't think you were I, being paying top 60. No. And this is not a Dodgers hate thing. This no, is no, 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 a, no. a complete, I mean, if anybody's listening to the show for any length of time, you know how much I, uh, dislike Tyler Glass now in terms of a health standpoint. And, mm-hmm. Uh there's no way I would because I mean this is gonna be your SP one, right? Like uh unless you were like two, double tapping really yeah, yeah double tapping really early like you just can't put that kind of risk onto your team that early. And I just I
0: I tend to agree. I just think it's such a high price and like I said it's gonna go up y'all. I mean there's a world where he passes Gosman
1: who's oh, at yeah, thirty thirty two for sure will i mean i think there i think there's a world where he starts to pass like luis castillo and zach wheeler which is insane to me. that Um, would be nuts yeah no like he's you you just i mean i'll probably project him for career high in innings but it'll be 130 innings and that's not what i'm wanting from my ace steamer has him for buck 67 right now this is what i mean
0: yeah like you know and then pepio 141 yeah so um if he gets but, there, he's
1: going to be great.
0: But. Absolutely. But it's just such a big risk at such a high draft capital to take that gamble. If you're going to
1: take that gamble, why not wait 10 picks? So, you know, almost a full round and take Tariq Skubal. Exactly. Who also carries obvious, obvious gambles or obvious risks. But,
0: you know, I, I can't do it. I can't do it. Good luck to Glass now. Good luck to his drafters. But I just can't do it. Uh, Manny Margot should factor in on the short side. Obviously still a deep league play. I know we've had some love for him in the past. He's been a favorite of yours uh in past years, but it's a short side platoon that could probably only blossom into more playing time if somebody gets hurt, right? He's coming off a couple of tough years. We used to like him back in like the twenty twenty one, maybe twenty twenty two range, coming in off of that double double. He's played eighty nine and ninety nine games the last two years. Um any love for Manny Margot still in DCs or anything?
1: I mean I think if if one guy definitely jumped up in value it's got to be Margot. I think you know well yeah I know they've got Chase and Hayward and Jason Hayward's a good defender. I mean Margot is just a much better bat and so I could definitely see is he that. I think so at this point.
0: Hayward had an excellent year. He's sleeping on Hayward from last year. Check Maybe him I out. 269-344-73. I think at, at I think they're an amazing platoon. That's probably where it starts. I think that's where it's going to look, yeah. And then, again, like I said, health, you know, there are some health pieces out there in the outfield that could fall apart and give Margot more PT, but how much do you really want him playing against righties?
1: Yeah, or even lefties. He didn't even hit lefties there. last year, to be honest. Yeah. I, I am sleeping a little bit on Jason Mayweather.
0: Yeah, he had a, him and David Peralta had sneaky, decent seasons and they liked Hayward enough to bring him back. So, um, you know, I think he's going to be the strong side. Margot is going to be short side. I think there's a DC universe. I, I, I would take yeah. Margot like I could land on him, but I'm not seeking him out anymore. I, I used to, you know, but it's been a, it's been several years now. He's going into his ninth year like Manny Margot is not a baby um, and he has a 91 career OPS plus. He averages eleven and nineteen per one sixty two, but he doesn't play one sixty two. So yeah. you're not really getting that double double unless he falls into the PTs. So it's a it's a tepid move for him. You can still draft him in DC's late, but that's it for Margot. Agree. Okay. All right, let's get into what the Rays got back, and we both like Ryan Pepio enough that we think that this might not be such a huge downgrade for the Rays, and again that speaks more for me that speaks more to pepio's goodness and his advancements last year in command and control than anything i'm trying to shit on with glass now because again if you could guarantee me a buck 70 with glass now he's a frontliner okay so it's all about his health uh pepio only threw 42 major league innings last year you know he's just getting his feet wet still but the twenty-six year old, I don't think he's going to have major restrictions with the Rays. I think he has a chance to go one hundred and fifty. Um, are you buying in on Pepeo now with Tampa Bay?
1: I uh, am. Yeah. I mean, I, I really like what we saw from Pepeo, especially late in the season. Um, the Rays need him in this rotation, uh, and I do So, I think he's got a pretty clear shot uh, to be there opening day uh, yep. or in the rotation on opening day. So, uh, and. I mean, I think he's a guy that you could probably pencil in for 140 innings uh, with a mid-to-low e, uh, threes ERA and uh, a, you know, a fair amount of strikeouts. He had a 24% strikeout rate last year, and we've seen higher strikeout rates in the minor leagues, so maybe there's something a little bit more coming as well. The Rays are probably the best pitching organization, if not one of the best pitching organizations in all of baseball, so... Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I, I love this move for Pepio uh, and uh, you know it's a good park to pitch in. I think he's probably the clear winner from a fantasy angle in terms of a guy uh, involved in this trade.
0: Yeah, because I think you know he I think he was gonna pitch with the Dodgers too, but I think with the Rays it is locked and loaded because don't forget y'all all those devastating injuries they suffered last year carry into this year McClanahan, yeah. Rasmussen and Springs aren't pitching this year either. And if they are, it's late summer. So they still have those spots open. So it's going to be Eflin, Savale, Pepio, Baz, Latell is the five penciled in right now. And if Pepio... He's a lefty. Right? That's five righties. And if Pepio keeps that command and control improvement from last year... I think he has a chance to be a stud, so I'm mm-hmm. fully in on him. What about Johnny Deluca? That's those two outfielders in the deal. You know, they got younger by getting Deluca at 25 versus Margot at 29. They're pretty similar though. Right-handed bats that probably focus best against lefties. Um, we know how much the Rays like to platoon. I think it's a Johnny Deluca, Luke Rayleigh platoon but you're free to tell me otherwise if you if you see something different differently there um is the Luca somebody that you're interested in out in tampa bay not really yeah it's kind of hard to get that interested in a short side platoon guy right
1: i think one of the reasons why the Rays uh made this deal and included margot and deluca in it is because deluca's got options and money um, yeah yeah so like uh I think they can easily send Deluca down when they mm-hmm. need that roster spot, and even when he's up, he'd probably, like you mentioned, be on a short side platoon. So I, I don't think that this. I think this is uh, probably disastrous news for Johnny Deluca's. Uh,
0: I think it's neutral. It was going to be the same in L.A. It's going to be the same thing in L.A. He's he was going to be backing up Hayward as a short side. I think if 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 I if there was a world where Deluca falls into. Full time PT, I would be interested. Like he is an intriguing enough bat. I just don't see it with Tampa Bay right now. And they've had no beef with platooning. And so, you know, he'll be on the short side. And I just don't see it. But if like O'Reilly or Josh Lowe or somebody were to get hurt and clear a bigger path for DeLuca, my interest would it would
1: improve. But right now, it's late, 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 late DC. Yeah, I don't even care about him in DC, honestly. Mm,
0: okay. Maybe you should, but okay.
1: All right. I, I How about my you, tigers, baby? You have a, well, before we move on to your tigers, who made a fantastic move that I know a lot of people were shitting on yesterday. Um oh, uh, a, few, a, a few people at least. Okay. Um DeLuca. The problem with DeLuca is he doesn't profile to have a carrying tool in fantasy. He's an, he's like at best an accumulator. And when you're gonna be stuck on a short side platoon,
0: well, that's why I said if he
1: falls into a full role, well, I know, but that's what I mean. I don't want him on a DC because I don't know if he's going to fall into that full time role.
0: Yeah, but when you're taking him, okay, let me see what his ADP is. Maybe that'll change your mind. Hang on. Because I don't think he's going to be expensive. I hear your point, but I'm not spending like a top 250, 300 pick for him. Yeah, 710. It means my last pick, right? Right? I mean, even as like mean, your 48th
1: pick. Right, who, who cares, right? But like- Exactly. Guys going around him that I think I'd rather take the gamble on. Uh, Jose Miranda, wow. um, boy, his star has fallen. Uh, Juan Yepes, uh, well, I, mean, I
0: would not take Juan Yepes over him. I get that. Uh, I mean, Yepes got some pop. Yeah, I mean, Ian there's Marlo. some guys down there. Okay. Yeah. That's for some speed, right? He's a speed uh, guy, right?
1: Uh, yeah. Um, yeah, Kyle Isbell's
0: really, down there. I kind of like his skills. Um, J.J. Bleday, power guy. You know, I've liked him since his Miami day. I, I say, say since
1: it, 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 is, it is very bleak. It yeah, so, bleak I mean, 650.
0: here's what's interesting to me. What am I missing on this? We just talked about Jason Hayward. Why is he 721
1: in DC? Probably because people missed that he actually played decently, <laughs> got 300-plus played. Yeah. Um I mean, I old friend of the show, Miles Straw down here too. Like Friend of the which, show for you only. I'm you know, not claiming like, that. He's going to get your plate appearances clean. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, and there is some speed there that like if you were desperate, I, I get it. Yeah. You know, Corey Jolks did some things last year with a little pop and speed. There's guys down here. I'm not saying it has to be DeLuca, but DeLuca is quite literally free. Your favorite phrase. So He
1: is free.
0: Late in the Absolutely. D.C., I see a world where I could take him, and if he falls into the extra PT, I might have something. That's all. I agree with you on the carrying tool and all that. I do need him to get plate appearances to really pay off, but I don't mind having a decent backup outfielder who's 25 years old for the Rays late in my D.C. All right, now let's get to the Tigers. Jack Flaherty on a one-year deal. You know, I, I don't do a whole lot of like free agent predictions, but I mentioned that the Tigers, like this should be a guy that they're in on. This is the kind of guy I want them to take a chance on because I thought whoever took a chance on Flaherty I was going to be interested in because I still believe he could reach his premium upside. Obviously, it comes down to health and that has obviously been a major, major problem for him recently. But why not? And there's no such thing as a bad one-year deal. It's one year, 14 mil. I love this uh, for my Tigers. Their pitching's already been looking great. You know, everyone's been getting excited about their young pitching. This adds more of a veteran piece to it there. You know, he and Maeda come in and take some pressure off of some of those young guys that they have. Obviously, the Maeda move had already dented Sawyer Gibson Long's outlook. This seals that he'll almost certainly be in the minors to start the season. But that's okay. Like, that's a good backup to have. Flaherty in Detroit, good park. I st- like I said, I still have hope for him, um, not just because he's with my Tigers. Even, pretty much no matter where he would have gone, I'd have been interested. What do you think about Flaherty to the Tigers? And who was talking shit? Give me names and social security numbers.
1: Um, I mean, <laughs> Govier didn't like it. I saw a couple of people who were like, no. Um, Why? Because he's, you know, he's pitched poorly. Um, but like, yeah. uh, you know, our friend Eric Carabell uh, over at ESPN um, used to always say uh, when uh, he had his podcast um, that uh, there's no bad one-year deals in baseball. Like, this is the perfect kind of deal for the Tigers and exactly. for, for Flaherty. Like, you know, he gets an opportunity to reset his market. Uh, they get, you know, a, a pitcher who's got a tremendous amount of upside uh, that, you know, if he pitches to his, you know, to the ability that we've seen, in the past. Now it is the actual past because it's been a few years. It, it has been. Yes. A really good Jack Flaherty, but it's a very good park to pitch in. It's a great division to pitch in. Uh You know, the hard part is it wasn't about the health last year. Last year it was about the skills. The walk rate has to come under control. He has to be less hittable inside the zone. Uh, but that being said, uh, I'll take the gamble on Flaherty in Detroit. I think that's a, it, just a fantastic you know i was saying yesterday that i thought kansas city would be a great landing spot and i think detroit is just as good
0: yeah at kc obviously would have worked similarly spacious park needs to get his control back in order that was never really a card carrying tool for jack flaherty but you know it was always at least single digit sort of walk rates 13 and 10 percent the last two years and like you said last year it wasn't just health 144 innings decent enough season but uh, the skills were a problem there. 499 ERA, 158 WHIP, And a 1, uh, 453 Sierra says that, you know, he was earning a lot of the trouble that he was experiencing. So there's things to iron out for sure. But again, I really do like this. And I do like the ERA was dreadful with Baltimore, 675. But the skills had actually improved quite a bit. He got kind of unlucky with a 390 Babbitt. Because he put up an 18% strikeout minus walk. That was a seven-point jump from his time with St. Louis. So that's encouraging to me as well for Flaherty. His Velo's is up a half mile an hour. So there's some encouraging factors from the post-trade to Baltimore. And now um, hopefully Detroit can kind of get something out of him. And, you know, if the Tigers aren't moving forward this year, um, there's some hope about, hey, they finished strong. Maybe they can, but they can always trade him, Right. So you know if if they're in the doldrums in July and he is improved, boom, flip him for a prospect ends up being a great deal. If they're in some sort of fringe contention or even in full contention, maybe add a piece with Flaherty and go for a stretch run playoff chase. You know, so I love this. I really don't see the downside on this. No, I, I love it too. All right, Tyler Molly, two year deal uh, to Texas. You know Texas. We've, we've seen a pattern here, right? They're very interested in taking gambles on great but injury-riddled pitchers. That's what they're going to see, and they're just going to play that market, try to get discounts there. Nathan Ivaldi, your boy Andrew Heaney, hell, even trading for Max Scherzer. Um, you know, he's been dealing with a bunch of health, and now Tyler Molly. It's a two-year deal because he's not going to pitch much at all uh, this year. So this is really a 2025 type of deal. He has Tommy John, uh, I think, in May. So you're talking like, I would say, an August return. I'm not drafting him. I'm not putting him anywhere. We'll start to talk about him maybe around the All-Star break, see where his rehab is going. But this is a 2025 deal. What do you think of the Rangers getting Molly for a two-year deal?
1: I mean, I'm a big Tyler Molly fan. Uh, I think this is a a, a win-win for both the Rangers and for Tyler Molly to get to go to... The reigning champion, uh, like you said, he's not going to pitch until probably July at the earliest, but yeah. that's fine. Don't draft him. Just keep put him on your watch list that way when there is talk about him coming back that maybe you could pick him up. But uh, I tend to ignore these guys in their yeah. first year back anyways. Tyler Molle is not going to be any different, but he'll be on my radar for 2025 for sure. Absolutely. From a real life
0: standpoint, it's like a trade acquisition Mm -hmm. for them in the summer there. Like if everything goes according to plan and he does come back late July, early August, that's a nice piece to get for their, uh, either their rotation or their bullpen, depending on where the team's at. I think that's around the same time that DeGrom is expected back. So they could be getting those two pieces down the stretch. That could be pretty nice for Texas, but I agree. This is 2025 from a fantasy standpoint. Again, We'll talk about him in the summer if things are going well in his rehab, maybe a worthy pickup. But Justin and I are pretty tepid on TJ returners their first year back, especially if it, for me at least, if it doesn't include the 18 plus month recovery and it's just a standard 13 month. All right, let's get into our second base preview. Like I said, probably just going to do a few of the categories today and then get to the rest on Monday. But let's start at the top. The king, he's back. Actually, I don't know if he's ever qualified it second base um he's new here mookie Betts, pick five has second base and outfield uh adp of five min of two max of nine he's a stud where are you taking him and do you like him at second or outfield more mookie Betts.
1: um i like him at second more uh, i am taking him and i took him third or fourth in a gladiator overall um mm-hmm. i just think uh the amount of it it, and especially because it was a gladiator because I think you know the one of the things that uh is harder in a gladiator is that you cannot make any changes in the season correct and so those categories that are a little bit scarce uh especially late like batting average there is not much you can do Mm
0: -hmm. to
1: kind of make up for a deficit and so uh, instead of maybe taking a high upside kind of young guy uh, in that Gladiator early, like a Bobby Witt Jr. I passed on him for the stability of a guy like Mookie Betts. And uh,
0: I took him in our most recent one. You took him in the first mm-hmm. one. I took him in the second one there um, and made no bones about it. Easy pick for me at pick four uh, right after Bobby Witt Jr. As you mentioned there. So I felt great that he fell to me there because I, I think he should be more of a top three pick for me. It's a I think
1: it's and, just, and it's a glob.
0: Uh, yeah, it is. It is absolutely a glob that you can make a lot of justifications for. I think bets is uh, uh, fair too. I took yeah. Carol at two and our other one there, and so between those two, I have no issues with my first round pick. We don't need to go too deep on Mookie bets. He's Mookie freaking bets. Love that he has second base. He's going to be a god. Take him in the uh, upper half of the first round. By the way, whoever got him at nine,
1: nice. Lucky dude. them.
0: Nice. All right, let's go to the studs. These are three guys that are going inside the top 40. Ozzie Albies at pick 23, Marcus Simeon at pick 28, and Jose Altuve at pick 36. First off, based on their prices, who's your favorite?
1: Uh, I think it's Simeon. Um, And it's Simeon because all he does is play. Yes. Like, as much as you know, if you could assure me health, maybe I would put Albie's number one, you know, hitting in that Atlanta lineup and uh, with the power speed upside. And, and you know, he, I think he, or Altuve, man, he put up, or
0: Altuve, yeah, like yeah, because I mean, like 88 games, he put up four war, he was third at second base behind Semyon and Marte, despite only playing 88 games. He was a Amazing last year.
1: Both of those guys have had injury issues. Uh, And, I mean, obviously you're healthy until you're not, you know, Mm -hmm. and and vice versa. But, I mean, you just can't deny that, like, the best way to get 700 plate appearances to your team is to take Marcus
0: Marcus Simeon. 100%. three. Three straight full se- Actually, he missed a game in 2022. What a loser, dude. But 724, 724, 753. Um, that's 20, 20, 21, 22, 23. Go back to 19, another 747. 2018, 703. So the last five full seasons, of course, 2020 removed, he's over 700. And yeah. like that's just so valuable. And you talk about gladiator and accumulation and getting all, of those, all those stats. I think he's even better in a gladiator. He went mid-second round. Um, and frankly, if he had somehow made it back to me, I would have taken him even though I had bets and I'd just moved bets to the outfield. Yes. Even though I like having him at second. So I'm with you. That's my favorite. Our boy Albies, he's going at 23. He's the highest pick here. Coming off a great year. He's on an amazing team. 33-13 with the homers and steals. 280 average. The average came back too. I think that was something that people weren't expecting. We love Albies. You still in on him as a uh, as a firm second pick? Second round pick?
1: Yeah, I'd like to see him steal a few more bases. He's one of those guys where, like, hey, he was kind of like, you know, a mid-tier stolen base guy uh, with the potential to be an upper one. it's like, hey, with these new rules, maybe we'll see He's that. like, nah. <laughs> and he's nah. like, no, I'm not going to do that. I don't and that, do that may be a preservation tactic, right? Sure. I, I, I don't want to get hurt again. He lo- missed a lot of time in 2022. Uh, and so by not taking off all the time, he has an opportunity to stay on the field a little bit more. So, uh, but I think you can, you know, reasonably pencil him in for 650 plate appearances, you know, upper twenties, low thirties, homers and double just stolen bases with a good batting average. Like I love Albies. I got no problem drafting. him.
0: That's exactly how I feel. I don't think we need to go too much deeper. And then Altuve coming off. Like I said, the short sample of just 88 games, but it didn't matter. He was absolutely amazing. I mean, he's getting older, but he just keeps doing it. Would you take any of th- any of these three that fall to you, or do you have a hard yeah. preference? Okay, yeah, so you're in on all three. Anything you want to add about Altuve?
1: No, I mean, just about health. Like, I mean, if if we get, uh, you know, another 600 plate appearances, he's going to, you know, 28, 29, runs and yeah. steal 15 bases and it's nice to see that the stolen bases have finally come back um because yeah he you know, took advantage were, of the new rules yeah um no i mean he had 18 stolen bases in 2022 so i oh, think yeah, it's that's just, true that's fair. it's more that's of fair. a matter of desire to steal you know and this is i think a, a case example of like hey some guys you know could be stolen base threats if they wanted to and we, we i mean obviously we've seen a lot of guys steal 50 bases in a year before yeah um but he's just a guy that has stopped in recent years but it's nice to see that they're back
0: yeah 18 and 14 the last two years like you said 18 for 19 in 141 games back in 2022 and then 14 for 16 last year and like i said 88 games oh actually hang on so on that leaderboard it said 88 games because that's how many he played at second i guess he has two dh games he played 90 last year just for the sake of I, i didn't know that when you selected the uh the position that it only showed you the games they played there. I thought it was just second base eligible guys. All right. So those are the studs. We don't need to get too deep on them. Betts, Albies, and Altuve. You take any of them. I have no beef with any uh, of those four and where they're going. This is an interesting tier here. This is the next big thing. These three guys are all going in order after Altuve. There's a big drop off, by the way. Altuve's pick 36. Our next guy goes to 61 and then 65 and 82. Um, And that's Matt McLean at 61, Nico Horner at 65. And then even a little jump down here to Hassan Kim at 82. Next big thing here, all three are multi eligible. McLean and Horner are second short, and Hassan Kim is second third short. Again, who's your favorite here based on their price? You just go for Kim as the cheapest? Or do you like McLean or Horner more despite the elevated cost?
1: I think it's Horner for me, um, and we talked about him somewhere recently, so I won't reiterate everything uh, I said. I just um, I see I see potential negatives in Haseon Kim uh, and in McLean that just make me feel a little bit safer about Nico Horner. I mean, Nico can Horner. I, can I ask has what
0: negatives there there are with uh, McLean
1: playing time. They just and it has nothing to do with his talent. It has everything to do with the cluster that is Cincinnati's infield right now. You think
0: now. he's going to feel the pinch?
1: But and I would be willing to take him, but I don't know what they're doing. And when I don't know what they're doing, I tend to rule on the side of caution a little bit. Um, you know, I know there's been a lot of speculation that maybe LED La Cruz could start the year in the minor leagues. Um which is crazy considering where he's going Nuts. in drafts, right? Uh, <laughs> thank god, none of my early drafts uh, I drafted Ellie. Uh, you know, Christian Carciano Strand, you know, he may be kind of odd man out or have to move to the outfield in order to get playing time. Uh, which I don't think will go over extremely well, uh, defensively. Uh, but wait, what, what was that last piece? Sorry, uh, Christian Carciano, Christian, oh, playing Christian outfield, Ostrand, potentially playing yeah. the outfield. Um, I don't think it'll be McLean. I and I am willing to draft him around where he goes, but if you ask me for a preference, those type of things are the you know kind of tiebreaker for me. And I, you know, I love Haseong Kim. I love what he did. You and I were huge on him when he came over. He disappointed. We stuck with we stuck it with him, yeah, and got rewarded last year. But I could just see kind of. Just natural regression from that massive season coming back. The Padres aren't going to be as good. So I think there are fewer question marks with everything going on with uh, Nico Horner. And he just has an amazing hit tool. And I love to bet on hit tools. Uh, So uh, for me, it is Nico Horner. But... (laughs) I'm, I'm not going to beat up anybody if they go, no, McLean's the dude or Haseon Kib is the dude.
0: Yeah, it's McLean for me, but it's a trio, again, that I don't mind at any of their prices. I'm in, uh, like I said, at least dual eligibility for all three, triple eligibility for Kim. And he goes 20 picks later, too. So if you miss out yeah. on these first two, you can get him later, uh, get Kim later. Horner, I've talked about it a bunch during the season. He's a guy that I kind of fell in love with last year after having a blind spot for him was never hate. It was never like I'm out. It was just, he's Nico Horner. I just kind of rank him where the pack does and move on. I didn't really give him enough attention. So I missed out on a nice breakout nine Homer 43 steals season. Obviously the 43 steals are the real thing to underline there. But a 283 average after 281 the year before he went 1020 in 2022 as well. And just watching him play a bunch because I was watching so many Cubs games uh, early in the season for different other uh, other fantasy players. And I was like, this guy's a dude. I, I just I really, really like his game. And maybe it's kind of a bias of, of watching and then falling maybe too in love instantly. But I'm not trying to take him beyond his ADP. 65, I think, is fair. And I'm definitely down for it. Get your, get your power elsewhere, but take those 40 steals with a 280 average all the way to the bank.
1: And that ADP will drop. Right, like it's as pitchers start to push up uh, as we start getting into spring like he he's gonna be available around pick 70 75 uh, and he's which got a wide pick- range
0: too 46 yeah. men 100 Max so Nico Horner there's certain rooms where you fall in with a bunch of people who aren't as interested and then you can you can jump in there pretty easily yeah so um yeah I definitely like that with those three. Let's go to the double-double gems. These guys put up 10-plus homers and steals last year. They could easily jump into that next big thing category, or they could fade a little bit and beat somebody that, you know, uh, maybe disappoints at their price point. Glaber Torres at 106. Bryson Stott also has happens to have a 106 average. Uh, Andres Jimenez at 122. Zach Geloff at 136. And Tommy Edmond at 154. Uh, I'm not going to ask you your favorite here. I want to take all five in order. Let's start with Glaber uh, with the Yankees here, you know, we still remember the 36 or 38 homer season when he hit 52 of them against uh, Baltimore. Right. That's right. He hit negative homers against the rest of the mm-hmm. league. He hit 52 against Baltimore and then negative against rest of the league. And that's how he wound up with 38. Uh, that's not coming back. It certainly doesn't seem like it. But 24 and 25 the last two years with 10 and 13 steals, Solid batting average at 273. Great plate skills. That was a big improvement last year. Sliced his strikeout rate from 23 to 15. Swing strike rate went with it from 12 to 9. Glaber's 27. You know that's a magic year. Is he about to have a (laughs) breakout? Is he about to have another breakthrough? No, I I really like him as an established, solid player. Um, is, Is Glaber somebody that you find yourself landing on in drafts or that you have interest in at least?
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot of interest in Glaber. I think he's just consistent. Like, you know, you can pretty much book, you know, 25 home 20 lines, 10 or 25, you know, 10, yeah. 12 stolen bases, a good average, or a you know, decent average, uh, and probably a lot of runs and RBIs in this game. Yep. lineup. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, he's just a steady Eddie dude uh that's only 27 like exactly and he's been around million. for a yeah. minute now because he yeah. broke
0: in at 21 so he he is kind of a veteran but it's you don't think a veteran as a 27 year old you think more something in the 30s but yeah he's a, he's a seven-year vet now or six years this will be his seventh year And Glaber has really evolved. Again, like I mentioned, that home run season, people were kind of holding him to that standard. And, you know, 2020, who cares? But then 2021 was really a down year. Nine homers, 14 steals. And he needed like a nine, I think it was like a nine steal second half to kind of salvage a, a tinge of fantasy value that year. But then 22 and 23 are downright excellent seasons. And I love the skills improvement. I mentioned the strikeouts. I didn't point out that he had a three point walk rate jump as well from seven to 10. And so now you're talking 10% walks, 15% Ks. That's excellent. Mm -hmm. There's a world where Glaber uh, jumps above these numbers, but even if I only get 25 and 10, I'm totally fine with that. So I love Glaber. Um, He is the most expensive here, but he's tied with Bryson Stott. Do you have a preference between those two before we we talk about Stott's skills?
1: Um, it's funny because if I just think about it on the top of my head, I'd probably go Glaber, but I've actually drafted Stott and I haven't drafted Glaber yet, <laughs> and um, and that's a roster construction issue. Sure, uh, because
0: you will get more speed with Stott. So let's talk yeah. about his breakout: fifteen thirty-one with a two eighty average. I I think he was kind of under the radar last year. I think people were a little bit out on him after the the modest uh, rookie season with an eighty-four WRC plus, but he. He cooked last year with the fantasy numbers 15 and 31 there. Uh you mentioned this c- team construction. If you need speed more, you lean towards Stott. Uh, what can he do? He's gonna be 26 next year. Do you think there's more here? Or are we just paying for solid 1530 type seasons?
1: I think that he is solid. And I do I think there is a chance that we need to pump the brakes on like what we saw last year a little bit. Like I think. The Power isn't prodigious. Uh, I mean, he stole a lot of bases, but I don't. We're, we're unsure yet if the stolen base jumps are going to be super sticky year to year. Uh, True. So uh, I would probably. You know, Steamer has him for fifteen twenty, um, and I because I have my projections. You got your projections, baby. Let's go second base. Uh, I have him for eleven twenty seven with a two sixty seven. Okay, uh, average, which is fine, right? Like, I'm cool with that. Yeah, you know, I might be a little bit too aggressive and I might, you know, move a few or take away a few stolen bases, but you know, I think he, you know, he's he got a great hit tool. I look at him as uh Nico Horner esque, maybe like a diet Nico Horner, a um, bit more power, a little less speed. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I love him, like, he's um, I think he's one of those guys that is just a perfect glue dude. In the lineup, and uh, I have, you know, like said, you know, in a couple drafts already, I've like gotten to a point where because I really focus on batting average and power early, like I've, i got, oh, I need some speed, and Bryson Stott's still here, so I'm yep. going to be scooping him up. So I, I, well, like I said, I think on my head, in or in my head, I go, oh, Glaber. Um, in reality, uh, the guy I keep going to is Bryson Stott crazy wide range
0: here and i'm trying to find out okay it looks like his min is very much the outlier here because stott has a 53 min pick and a 143 max and i i did look at it yeah the 53 happened first off back on october 9th and the closest he's gotten since then is a 68 which happened on 11 22 and then a couple 70s in mid-november so that I, you're never really gonna have to take bryson stott that high i think if you if you need to jump him over the 106 average i think you're talking like 80s uh is safe to, to take the jump if you really want to secure your guy there um and you can get him as late as 143 and there has been you know more, more than just one um uh, you know late pick there He's he's gone in the hundreds with a lot of consistency there. So I don't think it's a huge price tag on Bryson Stott. And I do have some interest in him. I do want to talk about the guy that goes right after him at second base. It is a round later, pick 122, Andres Jimenez. Tough year last year uh, for Cleveland, right? They could not cap- recapture the magic that they had in 2022. A lot of these guys that had big seasons had had hard regression. And Andres Jimenez is the poster boy for that. He went from a 141 OPS plus to 98, but... The core fantasy skills of of power and speed he went from 1720 to 1530 i'll trade two homers for 10 steals now it also cost me 46 points of batting average and his price point was such that you were probably still hurt in the aggregate there but all in all not too bad and i think for the rottenness of cleveland's season he might be getting downed a little bit more than he should. I kind of like Andres Jimenez on a bounce back, age twenty five, especially because he doesn't really have to bounce back too much. Fifteen thirty is fine. I think the batting average will bounce back to the two seventies. Are you in on Andres Jimenez at pick one twenty two?
1: Yeah, I mean I am, but it's it's not because I see like hey a huge bounce back or anything like that. I think he's fine, I, and I have him pretty much projected for the exact same line in twenty twenty four that I that he put up. In 2023, 15 home runs, 30 stolen bases, uh, and a 253 batting average. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, um, you don't
0: think he can get back into like 260s, low 270s?
1: He's got just kind of really league average skills in terms of zone contact. You know, uh, his actual oh, swing is actually bad. Uh, swing track rate is fine, but uh, I just think he is kind of uh, a mediocre hitter. With sure. a bunch of speed and uh, and I'll take that. Uh, and, yeah, you know, Cleveland will let him <laughs> run. So a I, repeat I season that.
0: at this price is fine. Like you can get yeah. literally two fifty one, fifteen thirty, and you'd be fine there. Do you think there's a tinge of upside? I think it goes as his BABIP goes. Uh, Jimenez's BABIP was 353 in 2022, dropped down to 289. If he can get it somewhere in those low 300s, then we're talking like a 265, 270 average. But even if he only hits 250 something with the 15 and 30, you will take that. And I will as well. Zach Geloff kind of a surprise inclusion here yes folks he went double double despite being in the league for nine minutes he was a sneaky solid guy down the stretch probably helped win some leagues for people because he went 14 14 in just 300 plate appearances it was a very nice 69 games for Geloff 267 337 504 obviously he can't keep that pace i don't believe he can i don't think you believe he can But what can he do here with a full season in Oakland? Does he go 14-14, just stretched out over a full season? Is he 20-20? What are you doing with the batting average? He's an intriguing guy. I love what he did last year, but I'm worried that that's going to keep his price high at 136, and I don't know if I'm willing to pay it. Where do you come out on Zach Geloff?
1: I think there's more speed in there than, uh, or not necessarily more speed, but more stolen bases coming. I don't think there's much more power. I've got him for 16 home runs, but I've got him also going for like 27 stolen bases. Okay. Uh, Oakland will run and he's going to play every day. Like I, I do right? like unless they plan on rolling me out at second base, like <laughs> he's got a spot on this everyday lineup. And uh, yeah, I mean, I don't think the skills are super intriguing necessarily, but I think he's going to steal a bunch of bases. Um, I think the power uh, is a little bit of an aberration uh, last year. Like, I don't think he's got very much power. That park saps power to begin with. Mm-hmm. So even, you know, moving from a half season to a full, uh, you know, full season, I only gave him a couple extra home runs and then a bunch of extra stolen bases. And I'm, you know, I'd totally be fine with that. I, you know, I I prefer all the other guys that we've talked about so far just because I think there's a safety and a floor uh, for those guys that I feel a lot and, better about. And team
0: context, too. Right? And team
1: context, yeah. Which adds that runs And 30 RBIs. Like, yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. That floor comes from the quality of those teams that should keep the runs and ribbies at a certain
1: level. It is worth pointing is out. that he had 14 home runs and 32 RBIs. And 32
0: ribbies. It is yeah. worth pointing out that he played 69 games in both AAA and the majors, and he went 12 and 20 down in the minors so you add it all up it's 26 34 and i'm not suggesting that we should project him anywhere near that but it was an amazing year for him at AAA in the majors for zach this is why i
1: think like you know like obviously because they're in reno are they in reno is that or um, vegas, las vegas maybe, which, which is a launching bed so i'm not correct. giving him credit for the 20 home runs in AAA, but i will give him credit for those 20 stolen paces and so mm-hmm. that's why i think like hey, I'm going to be a little bit more tepid on any sort of power growth, but I will take the gamble that uh, I think he can get to close to 30 stolen bases.
0: Yeah, the projections happen for 2020. Um, I tend to be more in maybe the upper teens homers, but maybe upper 20s or low 30s on the steals. I think that could happen. I do think the batting average could be an issue. He had 27% K rate, 9% walk, uh, 28% K rate in the minors as well. A lot of swing and miss there. 267 was probably some run hot thanks to a 331 bat for Galloff. So what, what 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 was your batting average projection for him?
1: 243.
0: Yeah, I think that's totally fair. 238 for Steamer and here.
1: I also see like a floor of like 217 or something like yeah, that. Like ab- yeah, absolutely you agree. Really um, bad contact skills. 16% swing strike rate, 75% zone contact, which is 10% below league average. Like yeah. that's really, really bad. Um, but he's got the benefit of being in Oakland, and the only benefit about being in Oakland is he's going to play every day. PT, baby.
0: Yeah. Yes. Um, I'm going to have a tough time drafting him, though, because I just really like PT. all four of these other guys. Tommy Edmond goes damn near 20 picks later. And I'm going to take Tommy Edmund over Zach Galoff 10 out of 10 times, I think right now, because I know what Tommy Edmund is. Um, he's he, picked 154, coming off a 13 homer, 27 steal season. He went 1332 the year before, 11 and 30 the year before that. Pretty consistent. The only thing that really failed uh, Edmund last year was a 248 batting average. He had a 275 Babbitt and I, I think it's as simple as that. I think the Babbitt probably gets back closer to his 300 career average and he hits another 265 or something. So give me 260, 13 and 25 or 13 and 30, and I'll take that to the bank for the 29 year old Edmund. Uh, anything you want to add with him? Do you prefer him over Geloff? Uh, are you in on Edmund?
1: There were a lot of reports that he could get traded. Um, There's Yeah, those are still lingering him or Gordon, um, somebody. Yeah. So I'm kind of a little tentative on him. I did take him, I think in our most recent gladiator, I think it was. Um, but again, it was like, Oh, I need stolen bases. I also need a little bit of outfield. It outfield dries up really, really quickly. I think the multi positional eligibility is what I love the most, right? It's just a guy that you can kind of plug in everywhere. So, uh, but I'm interested to see if he gets traded because if he gets traded, that could be, uh, you know, pretty decent for maybe a little extra power output considering, you know, uh, the Bush Stadium being such a uh, such a pitcher's park. So uh, I like Edmund, but I just, he's more of a fallback option if he needs speed or outfield.
0: I think that's fair. Yeah, I prefer all the other guys, and the other guys are going ahead of him. So I am totally fi- fine with that, but I will take Edmund if I need him. I put this next guy in his own tier. <laughs> it's called the Luis Rise tier. Guess who's in it? Louis arise
1: oh um, it's not it's not jeff mcneil it's not
0: jeff mcneil or stephen kwan it's it's Louis arise himself you, now you
1: should do a uh, like a solo tier and name it like after a player and, it not be and then not and then put somebody else in there yeah it's a it, way better bit
0: i should have put stephen kwan in there mm-hmm. because i got in that whole twitter thing with the with the twins fans when i said that he was just stephen kwan with higher babbitt at the time of the of the quote-unquote debate And then where did they end up at the end of the year in the exact same freaking spot? Anyway, his Babbitt ran excellently last year, 362, which fostered a 354 batting average. He's obviously got amazing contact skills, 6% strikeout rate, 3% swinging strike. Did pop 10 homers, a little something there, career high 10, but only three steals, 69 ribs, 71 runs. I'm just... I have a hard time drafting him. I respect his skills, but anytime batting average is your carrying tool, you're just so, you're so at the mercy of variance. And so, yes, he was the sixth best second baseman last year, but there's a reason that he's not going as the sixth highest this year because people don't want to pay that premium. He's 14 at the position, pick 151. Where do you come out on Arise after his breakout year?
1: I mean, Arise is a guy that like, I get why people draft him because batting average is so hard to find.
0: Sure. Especially at anything related to pick 150, which is where he's going.
1: But it's such a negative everywhere else. Exactly. And I'm sure there will be people like, well, look, he got the double digit home runs. Like, you know, Nico Horner, you know, isn't getting, you know, Nico Horner, give me 43 steals. Yeah. And, not to mention, like, w- there are times in which you really need to look at the context of the numbers. On September 11th, for through or through September 11th of this year, he only had six home runs. A week later, he had 10 home runs. Oh, so he ran a little four homer surge. He, he decided. After the Marlins got eliminated from the playoffs, like I'm going to try to crank the swing player. him for the fences. <laughs> like I'm going to ditch my approach and just crank a couple. Um, so like like yeah, I think you project him for 5 or 6 home runs. Yeah. Uh, you know, a fair and amount of 3 to of 5 runs steals, scores, scored. Uh, yeah, uh, some chip and slow bases and a really good batting average. But like it is a nightmare from a roster construction. Uh, portion. The only reason you should be thinking about a Luis Rise is if you've made a massive mistake getting to Luis Rise. And I don't want to, I'm, I'm hoping I can avoid that.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's. Uh... I just, I won't do it. You know, I talk about this with the Speed Demons. You mentioned Miles Straw earlier, and he was kind of the main guy back when he had some fantasy juice and he was actually going around this area, actually in the 150s a few years ago. And I say, I don't want to do that because the the construction that you need to do with your team um, is something that I don't want to, to have to do or, or even plan for. And when you and I've had disagreement where I think you should plan to take these guys and build around them, and you've said, well, if I'm, if, if I'm on an island late and I need, or middle of the draft and I need some average, I'm gonna take a rise and work from there. I, I wanna have a full plan to make sure that my power is off the charts and my steals are, are really strong because he just, he saps value there. And I think the price is just too high. Solid player and somebody might get another three something average, I will let them have him. I cannot take Luis Rise at pick 151.
1: And like, here's the thing like I don't necessarily disagree with you because I think you're going to agree with what I'm about to say here. Um, if you know, if you believe that you should have a plan in order to take Luis Rise, um, that's fine. The problem is that's a bad plan it's just a bad plan i agree right? that's why i don't want to so, do it though exactly like right and so you're never going to get Luis rise because you shouldn't have that plan correct um, you should not you're you're you know when you're drafting a guy um that is you know a rabbit or you know empty batting average or empty power um like you need to be taking these guys really late like Luis Ruiz was not a bad pick when he was going 320 something.
0: Yeah, or even 2 now, something last year I believe. But like yeah, okay, 150
1: 150 is insane. Because what if you draft him at 150, you are saying I need this for my team. And what happens if and when he gets hurt? Like Yeah,
0: ex- that's another thing too, you put all your eggs in one basket on a fragile category.
1: Done. Right? Yep. I mean it was you know, many, many years ago, but there was, you know, the talk like, ooh, draft like Juan Pierre and Chris Carter. And all of a sudden, you've got like the speed and average from Juan Pierre Chris, and the power. I can do from a Chris more Carter. updated one
0: Chris Davis, Billy Hamilton. And I did it in multiple drafts and yeah. it blew up in my face completely. And that's basically all when I swore this one
1: off. One guy to mess up, and whether it's a skills yep, degradation yep, yep. or an injury, and you have none of that right like and now you are you know trying to replace 50 home runs or 50 stolen bases and you just can't do that like it just doesn't work that way you should be taking you shouldn't be drafting Luis rise you should be looking for the next Luis rise late on in a draft uh there probably isn't going to be one because Luis rise is such a unique skill set that just doesn't happen very often anymore but uh i yeah i just avoid it like it just makes zero sense Unless you're in a draft with us,
0: take them as early as you want. Yes. To your heart's content. I'm looking real quick to see who's the closest. I mean, because I'm looking for like high batting average and low homers. Nico Horner is the only other one with single digit homers. But again, like I said, he gets those steals, which obviously makes him so much different and so much better. So, yeah, I just I don't really have a comparison uh, to be the next to rise. So just don't do it. Don't do it y'all i just don't think it's a good strategy but all right let's go ahead and cut it here uh with our the beginning of our second base preview we'll get through the rest on monday uh we got plenty of guys to get into i kind of like you know we're starting to get into the middle uh, of of it and everything but i really like getting into the middle and late round guys and we got some really fun tiers coming up we'll get to all those on monday justin i hope you have a wonderful weekend and uh what, what 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 move if i could give you Free reign to place a free agent right now. You don't have to. Put, you don't have to pick okay. who it is or where he goes. But if we can talk about somebody on Monday, who do you want to see land? I mean, over the uh, weekend, I think it's got to be
1: Blake Snell, right? Like, yeah, that's
0: I that's the one I'm
1: eager for. I'm not going to be necessarily interested in. Well, actually, you know, it's Yamamoto. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: okay, that's fair. I, yeah, yeah, I would put Yamamoto then Snell, but it's those two pitchers that I'm like, where are they going to go? Where are they going to go?
1: I mean, selfishly, I'm really interested to see where Cody Bounder goes. I'm really interested to see where Jordan Montgomery goes because those were two of my dudes last year. Mm -hmm. And I want to see, you know, are there landing spots good landing spots? Um, But I think in terms of the most interesting, because there's a wide range on Yamamoto. Like there are, um, I I saw someone saying uh, in, uh, in a Patreon like that, you know, said that or no no it was eric again said um that uh there's only like five pitchers in major league baseball he would take over yamamoto um well like, yeah eric, and that, that means a lot to me yeah and that does mean a lot right um because i really love eric and trust eric and then i've heard other people that i love and trust go i think he's more of a mid-rotation arm um and so like it's just a really interesting it's kind big of big variance yeah. um and uh so uh and i wouldn't mind my giants going out and getting yamamoto now he'll probably go to the dodgers and just break my <laughs> effing heart because the dodgers and everybody, are getting else everybody else everybody yeah this year, right like um uh but uh yeah i think yamamoto probably then for me it's Snell and then uh yeah, I mean, I'm with you those, on Belly too, eager to see where he Belly goes. Belly and as Montgomery, well. like those are really, really interesting arms. I wonder if, you know, I really thought Montgomery was going to go back to Texas, but I also thought it'd be done by now. So
0: true. It's one of those quick moves that, that gets locked in right away. So maybe it's just playing the field and trying to milk a few extra bucks out of Texas. Um, I don't know. And, you know, because I don't think the Molly move precludes them from getting Montgomery. Because again, Molly's not no. really a 2020. Four.
1: Movies. I think he they really need is a Montgomery. I, mean, I agree like, because they've got so many guys that are coming back mid season. Like, like I think they need Montgomery back in the rotation, and I think he was a really good fit there. I'm hoping that's where he ends up.
0: Yeah, they got to get to the All Star break without you know being way behind the eight ball uh, in the division. Obviously, Houston's not going to give up. Seattle still still good quality ball club. So oh, I, like I agree. That's that. a
1: baseball team. They do
0: well. I guess they do for two, what is it, two more years that they have to play there?
1: Technically, you know what that's oh.
0: like, dude. That's like breaking up with somebody, but y'all live together and you still got to live with them until you can find a new spot.
1: Well, and that's the thing like, um, <laughs> I can't remember the exact years on it. Uh, their lease with the Coliseum, I think, runs out after this year, but their their stadium in Vegas won't be ready until 2026, exactly. Or 2027. So <laughs> and so what the hell so, are they like, going to do? They're going to play in Las Vegas at their AAA park. I'm going to guess like that. It is going to be unreal because it's lost hitting 50 that, yeah that is a launching pad of a place so uh or it'll be like, like
0: when the blue jays were playing all around it'll be exactly yeah. like that when when everyone you know their hitters went went crazy Every, because everybody
1: of that. rebuilding their keeper leagues for 2025 <laughs> get your a's because i think there's a reasonable chance <laughs> they end up uh, uh playing in las vegas at at the triple a park and Wow that, that that's going to be an absolute nightmare and it'll be uh, wild it's going to be fun it would absolutely be wild
0: all right justin great talking with you this week talk with you early next week have a good one take it easy